for my world, my approach to it is really how can I get nurses into the world of innovation, right? It's an amazing space, and typically in the past, it's been reserved for a lot of tech people, designers, folks of that nature. So really for us, it's about how do we educate nurses on innovation? Because we've heard over and over that they're natural innovators. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Donato, And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Author and thought leader, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, has a complete understanding of the profession of nursing. Over her more than 30-year career, she's assumed many roles, both clinically and in executive leadership. Formerly as the Vice President of Innovation at the American Nurses Association, and currently as the Chief Clinical Officer of WAMBI, she is leading the movement to educate and motivate nurses as leaders in the areas of innovation and technology. As a self-proclaimed innovation evangelist, she sees nurses as natural innovators and encourages us to lean in hard and take control of our own future. Thank you so much for coming to speak with us today. My pleasure. If you would, wouldn't mind giving us the honor of an introduction. Absolutely. Um, I'm Dr. Bonnie Clipper. I am currently the Chief Clinical Officer of WAMBI. We are a health tech company focusing on bringing gratitude and recognition uh, into the world of the clinician to help relieve burnout and improve employee engagement. So I came to this job from the American Nurses Association, where I was the first vice president of innovation, which was an amazing um, opportunity. And I have been a nurse for quite a long time and a chief nursing officer for 20 years. Wow. So how did your journey from being a chief nursing officer to the vice president of innovation with the ANA come about? That's a really cool story. So I had the good fortune to be selected as a Robert Wood Johnson um, executive nurse fellow in 2014. And through that program, it's a three-year program, and you have to focus on a project um, over the course of that that you will kind of commit to uh, in terms of talking about it, disseminating your work, writing, speaking, et cetera. So um, I kind of was drawn to um, innovation, and five of us ended up focusing on innovation, and we wrote a white paper uh, the nurse or the innovation roadmap, a guide for nurse leaders, which is actually available on the ANA's innovation site now. And that okay. kind of was the catalyst for me. And beyond that, I actually participated in the AONE ASU Innovation Fellowship, and I was hooked. So it really has just been an awesome place, and I, I love to see more nurses starting to get into that. So, how do you see innovation in nursing? What's your definition? Ah, that's a trick question, Angela. Um, there are a lot of definitions to innovation. And I, for me, it's really been about kind of the and, not the or. 
So I think it's a very broad um, approach to innovation. Generally speaking, it's doing things differently, bringing value, whether it's cost effectiveness or improving outcomes, improving access, things of that nature. So for my world, my approach to it is really how can I get nurses into the world of innovation, right? It's an amazing space. And typically in the past, it's been reserved for a lot of tech people, designers, folks of that nature. So really for us, it's about how do we educate nurses on innovation? Because we've heard over and over that they're natural innovators. So we, we talk about how we do things differently in patient care. If something doesn't work, we will do a workaround, we will MacGyver something, we'll use positive deviance, we'll innovate, yet we don't call ourselves innovators. So right. I think it's a lot about educating people on what innovation is and that nurses are in fact innovators, teaching them the language or the semantics, and then giving them some of the tools to help them really propel themselves and their ideas forward in that world, nurses have amazing ideas and inventions. They're coming up with incredible processes and systems changes, yet we so often don't get the space kind of that we we deserve in that. We sometimes give it over very easily and we sometimes don't lean into it as deeply as we should. So I think it's an important space for us to be, and I just love bringing nurses into it, educating them, and then sort of inspiring and motivating them to run full steam ahead with their ideas and, and help transform care. Right. I agree with you. I think that's really important. I think a, I feel like a big part of the problem is that we, as a profession, almost feel like we don't deserve the space. Like there's people out there who are better at this than we are kind of a thing. And uh, it's been my experience that it takes a lot of coaxing to get nurses to push forward. Well, it totally does. And, and I think you're right. I think some of it is we don't think that we deserve it. So we, we don't step up willingly. We also still are not very kind to each other in nursing. Right. So when we see people move ahead in advance, there's something in us that sometimes wants to see them stay within the, the cohort or the peer group and not excel and not move their ideas forward. Or we right. come up with a million reasons why those ideas won't work. And we need to stop doing that to each other. Instead, we need to help each other and we need to get out of our disciplinary silos and start working in cross-functional teams with every clinician and our IT people and informaticists and designers and all collaborate together, care would be so much better and our jobs would be so much easier. Right. I, I agree with you. Um, here at Penn, we started doing um, interdisciplinary nursing simulations where we have different groups, uh, the bedside nurses calling in the nurse practitioners, calling in the nurse anesthesia students and building a, a whole nursing team to deal with whatever crisis is at hand. And the, the students really enjoy it. And the feedback that we get is that, you know, this, this is not what they see in practice, which fascinates me. It, well, it's true. And if you think about it, um, while we're producing um, students, we also have a gigantic workforce of over 4 million nurses that we need to change as well. So there's right. a lot of ongoing education that needs to happen for the incumbent workforce. And, and sometimes that's the really the resistant group, right? Especially because we have such vast generational differences. 
we saw in 2016 a flip-flop in the workforce from the boomer heavy workforce to the millennial heavy workforce right and we have a lot of boomers that are still working and and we need them and we want them and, and we love them in the workforce this is sometimes our group that's not very comfortable with change and not very comfortable with technology so we have to figure out how to make things work for everybody right so how 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 are you what's your vision for doing that yeah, my vision of the world is that we actually have to learn to embrace technology faster. And I think that we have to be part of designing what nursing looks like in the future, because it will have AI, we will have robots or machines, and we will have a lot of kind of techie tools that we use. However, they're being designed today without us. So we really right. need to get involved in the design and the development of those tools and platforms. And that's, for me, that's kind of why I jumped at the opportunity to change and work for Wambi. So going from the VP of innovation into the world of actual design and development and participating in the trajectory of strategic planning and how we deploy a platform and how we change our platform, that's really a cool place for a nurse to be. And you're starting to see more people like me around the country that are involved in technology uh, and really trying to innovate through it, but bringing the voice of the nurse and also the voice of the patient into that, that work. Right. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about um, what you're doing at Wambi? Sure, absolutely. Um, in our platform, um, I'm uh, one of the members that's kind of on the product team. So I'm able, when okay. I go out and round in our client organizations, I actually like to talk to our clinicians. We have physicians using the platform. We have nurses. In some of our organizations, we have everyone using it, you know, food service, EVS, registrars. So when we talk to people, we really start to solicit feedback around how is it working for you? Are you using it? You know, if so, how? How are you using it? Why is it working? And if you're not, what would make it better? So as I hear all those kind of things, certainly my job is to process through that, to look for themes, to figure out how we can actually make the utilization better or easier. How can it flow okay. from patients easier? We're very unique in that we harvest the real-time recognition and feedback from patients and their families and push it on through to the end users, whether it's a clinician or whether it's an EVS person or a registrar. So they can actually see the, the recognition coming through. And what's so cool about that is when we start a deployment in an organization, so often, you know, especially the nurses, they'll be thinking, oh my gosh, one more thing. And then right. we show them what their patients are saying about them. 95% of, the, of what we get is good stuff. So nurses are usually surprised, almost shocked at that. We've actually had people sign into their dashboards before and they started crying because they felt like they were doing a bad job and being very hurried and were only able to kind of just briefly touch base and make an impact on people. And what patients and families had to say, the feedback was incredibly powerful. Things like, you know, my nurse has a beautiful spirit. My nurse is an amazing caregiver. Things like that, just they really, really touch the nurses and the physicians when they hear that because it's not how we're all trained. Right. We're trained right. to hear the negative and the things that we don't do well. So it's really cool. And in my world, I actually get to be involved in the design and development of that. 
and then also kind of figure out where are the trends going so we can stay ahead of the curve. And that's a really neat place to be as well. So where do you think the trend is headed over the next five years or so? Well, that's an interesting question. So I also work with a robotics company. Um, oh, okay. I am very, very, very convinced that we will be working side by side with service bots in the next five to eight years, certainly wow. before 10. I think it's only a matter of money. I think capital is quite honestly what is the impediment from technology a lot. Right. So I think that there will be a point in time that a nurse would be assigned a bot, right? The bot can do, today it's piecemeal because there are different robots that do different things. There are robots that are hunters gatherers, that are robots that can actually um, kind of run labs or pick up medications from the pharmacy or deliver linens or deliver food trays. There's gonna be a point in time that robots will do more than kind of one narrow thing. They'll do very right. broad general things. And as we start to move into that environment, I believe I see the future where a nurse will be assigned for a bot for a day. And, and I'll tell you the, the pushback that I often hear when I speak about that is that, you know, hey, that's taking jobs away from people and it's kind of not fair. Um, I do like to remind people that we're already millions short of nurses and will be many million short globally by even 2030. We're millions short in PCT, CNA people to continually fill the, the vacancies and the needs that we have. So it feels to me like we can't have it both ways. We, right. we can't say we don't have enough staff and we're always too short to do things. And yet if there is a solution that is effective and cost effective and functional and works with us, that we can't go that route. So I think that we're gonna to have to be careful what we wish for in one regard, but also in, involved in the design and the development and the testing of that as well. That's really exciting, fascinating stuff. I, um, I, can't, uh, I can't even imagine that using a, a robot working in patient care. It seems so far off and sci-fi to me. Kind of like the, the Jetsons, right? It's just, it's yeah. all coming around. So how do we get, um, you know, leaders like hospital administrators and nursing school leaders to understand um, and empathize the importance of nursing innovation? Well, I think the first thing is that we need to educate leaders um, that it's a thing, right? It's not mm -hmm. a fad. We aren't going to undergo an initiative for innovation this year. It's okay. that we have to build a culture of innovation within our organizations that says we are always going to be looking for the trends and for what's new to study them and understand how we can use them. We're going to make smart budgetary and capital decisions so that when we replace things, we just aren't replacing kind of the, the bad with the bad. We're looking at kind of the future of what the bed does. And just using that example, now there are Bluetooth beds that do amazing things. So using technology at, the, at kind of the highest level that it's been proven, mm -hmm. I think is gonna be very important. And also making sure that leaders understand how all the pieces continually relate to the humans in the equation, right? There's always humans in the loop. 
Right. We know that based on where we are with machines and AI, that it will probably be a very, very long time, if ever, that a nurse can be replaced. However, we also know that a pathologist could be replaced or a radiologist could be replaced very likely sooner than a nurse. And the reason right. for that is that the more um, routine your work is or the more repetitive tasks you undertake as your job, the easier it is to automate those. And for nurses, there is very little in our day or in our shift that's truly redundant or duplicative. While there are a lot of steps that we undergo every time, for example, we may have to run for medications multiple times a shift, the timing of those, the reason for those, the sense of urgency behind those is always different. The other thing that makes nursing incredibly unique is that we have to have leaders understand that we can use technology as a force multiplier, not taking jobs away. So nurses have an amazing opportunity to be that bridge or that translator between the patient and the technology, yet we really would benefit from force multipliers to assist us. So I think getting, or getting leaders to understand why it's so important and what the future looks like, it isn't replacing nurses, it's supplementing nurses. That at least puts us in the driver's seat to begin to give people a way to think about those new frameworks. And I encourage people to do all kinds of um, reading and, and not necessarily focusing on really deep, deep reads, but just looking at some of the healthcare innovation, even the e-weeklies that come out. It's just important to understand what's going on in the world because it is coming to your organization or your hospital. And it's better to be aware and to have a say in that versus having someone say, hey, we just invested a couple million dollars in this new thing. Right. And we've all seen in organizations that invest in restructuring or equipment, and then it gets to the nurses and there's a big giant eye roll because it's not really helpful and it doesn't really work. Well, yeah, and we, I mean, certainly in, in the innovation world, we would call that a solution looking for a problem. Right. And, and that's why it's so important. Um, you guys did an amazing job on your design thinking course. And that is something that we absolutely have to build into every nursing curricula. And we have to educate incumbent nurses on why this is so important, because we have to be sure we're solving a problem and we need to understand in an empathetic, compassionate way what the problem is we're trying to solve. So if we can if we can solve the right problems, we can create the right solutions. And I think that's where the hackathons and the pitch offense come in to that, that it's a really novel way for to get nurses together to, to discuss these problems. You bet. I mean, you know, hackathons, I know there were two this weekend um, and that's huge. You know, that's kind of a force of nature in and of itself that there were two national hackathons that occurred this weekend in the nursing world. Nurses don't know how to do those. So I always encourage nurses to attend a hackathon to understand what it's like to participate in a collaborative problem solving event. We typically aren't used to doing things that way especially when we're part of a health system or an academic system. We like to take our time. We like to really think and really be sure and be really, really sure and, and certainly vet our sureness. 
And in hackathons, you have to be willing to take a little bit of a considered risk and think about things in somewhat of an urgent, fast-paced manner. And sometimes you really get some great, great ideas out of that. And you certainly get people that are energized with a lot of momentum to do things and to fix things. So it's a great way to problem solve. The other part of that is the pitch event. Pitching, which if anyone's watched Shark Tank, that yeah. is an incredible way to package a very concise delivery of a solution, no matter what the problem. So if you want to fix a problem in your department, if people need some more education, if you need a, something done with throughput, if you need a new piece of capital, learn how to put together a pitch. Because delivering things in that very, very concise manner are incredibly important. And again, those are skills that we don't learn as nurses. So having the ability for nurses to participate in those things and learn how to do that is very powerful. So how can you just describe, just for people who don't know, a little bit about what it's like to go to a hackathon? Like how is it structured and what's expected when you're there? So what's cool about a, about a hackathon is that it's very, chaotically structured and and sometimes that makes nurses uncomfortable because we like process we yeah. we like frameworks we like process we like to know that a goes to b goes to c and maybe they're asynchronous but we like to know that there's pieces hackathons um i've done several and in my opinion the more chaotic the better the louder the better because then we know people are actually talking and getting passionate and sharing ideas and pushing back on each other. You want to see laptops out. You want people on their phones. You want people talking about the craziest things using divergent thinking. And you really want kind of the environment and each team to just be coming up with the wackiest thing possible. Because we have to start with possibilities before we refine down to what we really believe we can do to solve a particular challenge. So those are incredible events. And again, nurses focus on things, problem solving in a much different way. Yet the skill set that nurses have is incredibly unique right? We have amazing critical thinking skills. We are able to be very keen observers and strong assessment skills to put together any situation, whether it's family dynamics or whether it's kind of what we call the gut intuition that something's not right with the patient. So we have incredible skills that we can use to problem solve no matter what the problem. So when we give nurses kind of permission to get involved in these kind of events, they know so many solutions to these problems. And, and that's not unusual. I mean, quite often it's the nurses that are closest to the patients or closest to the students that know what the challenges are. And they also have ideas on how to solve them. So in a way, when we empower them, we kind of unleash the hounds, right? We give them the permission right. to come up with all these cool ideas. And a lot of times they fix it. They know what we need to do. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be really exciting when nursing as a profession gets to the point where we're not asking for permission. Yes, and we need to stop each other from doing that, right? Don't ask, just yeah. do. And of course, there are some caveats there, right? We never wanna do that with patients. We never wanna jeopardize safety. We never wanna make poor decisions. Yet when we see problems that we think could be solved, we should be solving them. And, and, you know, as much as we don't like to compete with some of the other disciplines, it's important to know 
that there are some disciplines that are just like running down the path on this while we're still kind of slow walking, trying to decide what's appropriate for us to get involved in. Right. And in innovation, I think it's one of those opportunities where you don't have to stay in your lane. You can right. go forth with your ideas. And there are some amazing success stories as well. There are nurses that have started nurse practitioner practices and hired their own physicians who delegate to the nurse practitioners. And after years, they've sold those practices for $20, $30 million. You know, there are nurses that own software companies. There are amazing things going on out there today with nurses. So we have to just continue to prop each other up and empower people. Yes. And again, that's just the, the challenge of the nursing culture is getting everyone to, to link arms and kind of work together. Well, and we, we're very big on, on consensus and agreement. And I would say um, having some, uh, the opportunity to spend a little bit of time at some different tech companies, that really isn't the way it works. They will kind of come up with ideas. And if the majority is supportive, they'll move ahead and test their ideas. And in nursing, we really do like to keep the peace even though ironically, we don't always do that. So no. when we push for consensus, sometimes we do lose some of those good ideas. Yeah, for sure, we, we sure do. So can you talk a little bit about um, the book that you wrote, The Nurse Manager's Guide to Intergenerational Workforce? Yes, that was written in 2012. So I was actually just approached by the editor to write a revision to that because so much has changed in seven years. Yeah. So, um, you know, clearly that book needs to be updated. And the approach there is that each generation is different and we have different values and anchors. And it's important to understand those differences because we can't make other generations kind of come around to, to how we see things, right? Our values right. are our values. We can't put them on anyone else, let alone another generation. So I think it's important to understand that. It's also important though, not to overgeneralize to the point that we paint things with a negative brush. And if you guys kind of remember way back when we started talking about millennials, there was so much unfortunate kind of talk about millennials just in terms of they're not loyal employees and there's a lot of things they don't you know don't want to do and want to do things their way millennials are incredible employees and now they're the biggest bulk of the workforce and in fact are becoming the biggest chunk of leaders things right. are done differently because they grew up in a different period of time yet there's so much value in those relationships same thing that we're going to see with zeers zeers are going to be incredibly different employees much more mobile, much less permanent, much stronger opinions. And we're going to have to figure out how to use that in terms of how do you create a workplace that's positive, that everyone wants to be a part of, and how do you leverage those skills? How do you let everybody do the things that they are best at in a culture where it's, it's peaceful, right? We don't want kind of conflict. We want people getting along, working towards the goals, whether it's patient care, whether it's producing students, we want people working together in ways that, that make the most sense. And, and we have to allow people to be true to themselves in a way that we can honor that. So what do you think that we can do when you're working with different generations of people? Like what are some tools to use that don't stereotype uh, other generations? 
Yeah, that's a good, good question. Uh, you know, I think first is to start from the place of always assuming good intent and, and be mindful that your way isn't necessarily the only way, nor is it necessarily the right way. There may be many right ways. So right. I think making those assumptions is going to be important right out of the gate. I do recall when I was a CNO, um, I was surprised, and this is probably 10 years ago now, we had hired some young nurses, and when they came on, um, after uh, orientation was over, they were very despondent, and in fact, there's two that come to mind, um, and they both ended up quitting within their first uh, year, and the reason for that was because they really um, didn't want to work kind of weekends, nights, and holidays. And even though they were told that, and even though it was kind of part of all the documentation that they signed, and even though they heard that in orientation, they really didn't believe it, and they thought they'd be able to trade all those shifts away. And right. when they got to their units, they were surprised um, because they kind of thought, I'm using air quotes here, that the older, more tenured nurses would just take those shifts from them since they were younger and wanted to go party and do fun things. And that didn't right. happen. So I think that there has to be a little bit of an understanding and a respect in terms of what everyone brings to the workforce, just right. in terms of expectations. So it's really, really clear. However, in those environments, there's also amazing things that come out of intergenerational units. So think about the technical prowess. Think about the technical expertise that young people have. Right. I have two kids that are in college, and whenever I get stumped on something, they're kind of my, you know, call a friend. I'll text, well, they don't answer their phone, so I have to text them. <laughs> and if I text them my question, you know, they'll be able to help me. And this is just kind of their world. This is stuff that they know. So it's incredible when you think about how powerful a unit is or a department when you can look across all of the generations and, and really harvest the best that everybody has to bring to that. So just really see everybody for who they are. And I would say don't, don't make a bad habit of getting on the judgment wagon. That is not a good place to be, and we go there a lot in nursing. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. So... Can you tell us a little bit about um, the Nurse's Guide to Innovation? Yeah, that was an amazing project. Um, I learned very quickly when I was at the ANA and had done some speaking, gone to some conferences, nurses would approach me and say, hey, you know, can you tell me, I have this idea, how do I do this? How do I do that? Do I need to get an attorney for this? Who might want to buy my product, right? All these things. So I heard it over and over and over, and it became very clear that there is a need for some kind of a resource or a tool to help nurses. So as I was kind of continuing to speak and to um, make the rounds at some of the conferences, I had met and built relationships with people that were incredible nurse innovators, you know, just doing the things that they do, like the Paul Coyne and the Mike Wang and Rebecca Love and Brian Weirich and Vince Biera and Don and Wayne Nix. And I reached out to each of them to say, hey, I'm interested in writing a book. I would love it if you would help. You have an expertise in this thing. I think it would be awesome if nurses wrote this book because our audience is other nurses. 
and here's what we want to convey. So we we actually did a couple conference calls, probably almost two or three months worth of conference calls, talking about what it could look like, shaping an outline, talking about the commitment, to really getting a sense of was everybody in, right? Because books don't write themselves. So was everybody right. really in? And this yeah. was not a book that was ghostwritten. We wrote this book. So we were hugely committed to doing the work. And it took us a year from the time we decided to start to the time it was actually um, available on the market. So the Nurse's Guide to Innovation, in the first 30 hours, it actually was an Amazon bestseller in wow. six countries. So um, we actually uh, worked through a publisher who said he has never seen that on any of his books. And he never thought in a million years that it would happen with this book because it was a nursing wow. book. So that was an incredibly proud moment for us to do that. And it's available on Amazon and, and it's still selling. I actually was just at a conference yesterday um, and they were we had some available and they sold out in minutes. So people are hungry for this information. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's really exciting that a nursing book would fly off the digital shelves like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us, Bonnie. We really appreciate your time. Um, is there anything before we end that you would um, like us to know? Where can we find you on social media and we can find the book on Amazon? Uh, is there anything else that we need to know? Feel free, reach out to me. I am uh, one of the top um, couple of nurse influencers on LinkedIn. So okay. I, you can search Bonnie Clipper. You'll find me. Feel free to connect. Um, we do. I do lots of blogging about innovation and, you know, really around trying to improve kind of the workplace for nurses. Um, also, I'm on Twitter at ThoughtLeaderRN. So feel free to follow me there as well. Um, it's interesting. I, I get a lot of kind of uh, LinkedIn messages and Twitter messages as well from people that have either questions or, or requests or things. So I'm always happy to uh, to answer those and certainly to support the nursing innovation community as I can. It's a great place. I encourage nurses to lean in hard, both nursing students and existing nurses, because we need to control our future instead of let the solution makers control it for us. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. We really appreciate Bonnie. This was a fantastic discussion. Thank you, Angela. It's my pleasure. Really appreciated it. You guys have a great day. Hello, Marion. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's going great. So we just had a very inspiring conversation with Dr. Bonnie Clipper. Yes, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Clippers. Um, she is out there spreading the good word of nursing innovation like no one else I know. An evangelist for sure. For sure. I was really inspired by her message of bringing nurses together and encouraging everyone to work together to push into this innovation space and to do so without asking permission. 
Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more, and that's really what we need in the profession right now. So Bonnie's really out there showing the profession what it means to lead in innovation, and she's doing it by exposing nurses to the world of innovation through events such as pitch events and hackathons, places where these nurses get to fully engage in what it means to be an innovator, to experience the energy, the excitement, and really to experience that they can, in fact, create solutions to the ideas that they see every day. And I heard a lot from nurses at a recent hackathon that they never really thought of themselves as innovators until they came to this event. And now their mindset really did shift, and they feel confident that they, too, can be the ones creating these solutions. It's so impactful and so powerful, but something you can't understand unless you're out there experiencing it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does in the future moving forward. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.